0: Welcome into the bank. A show
1: which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL radio. Baltimore sports and life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board like BSL on Facebook and follow BSL on Twitter.
0: Welcome to the bank. It's September 27th. We're a couple days after the Ravens win in Foxborough. So after beating the Patriots, the Ravens are two and one as they come back to Baltimore. Uh, this weekend that was definitely a game that could have gone sideways, but Jackson wouldn't allow the Ravens to lose. So we'll get the primary takeaways from Sunday from our colleagues uh, Jamie Seek and Mike Fast. Jamie, you can uh, lead off. Well, what are you uh, taking away from Sunday?
1: Um, I'm gonna, gonna go with the, uh, proverbial intangibles. Uh, I feel like based on what happened, uh, two weeks ago against Miami and the way this game kind of had a, a, an odd feel to it, you know, the Patriots kept moving the ball, but you know, the, the, the team they fought, they always do. They fight through, through adversity battled uh, with some injury issues with Justin Houston going down and Michael Pierce going down and, um, Patrick McCarry going down early, and the the defense, and as part of that, the defense being much maligned the week prior, for them to make those big plays and generate turnovers when they needed them, the stat sheet doesn't look great, but when you got a four in the turnover column, and especially in the situations that they occurred, it it, it was um, clutch, and it was absolutely what they needed to to contribute to that win.
2: Mike, about yourself. I thought the Ravens looked pretty good overall. They Obviously, hadn't beaten the Patriots there in the regular season before, and a lot of those players that are here now weren't on those teams when they played. But still, it was nice for the fan base to see. It was nice for them to kind of get that monkey off their back. Um, I will say, though, I will say, though, I think they're. Um, Secondary still needs to be worked on because Devontae Parker. Um, I know he made the catches he made were contested. Sorry about that. My alarm's going off. Um, I The catches he made were contested, but they still need to figure that out because guess who's coming in this week? Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, and all those guys. So, um, kind of a mixed bag for me, but overall, if they got the win, I'll be happy with that.
0: We'll get to Stephon Diggs and the Bills later. I'll just say I'm still annoyed that uh, he lasted to the fourth round and uh, (laughs) we didn't uh, pull the trigger on that one. Uh, That was not hard to see. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he returned to action over the weekend. That was great to see. How did you think he looked, Mike?
2: I honestly think he looked really good. I know the yardage isn't going to bear that out if if you're just looking at the box score, but I felt like he wasn't hesitating. He... Looked pretty natural in his his run, his approach to the hole, the way he carried the ball, got up from contact. You know, that's something I really look for. I, when a player's been out for a while, how do they get up from that pile? So I feel like he looked pretty good. And I know uh, they weren't really throwing him out there all the way, but uh, from what I saw, he looked good. And, you know, and in the Patriots, even though they don't have a lot of big name guys. At least that many fans would be aware of. They're they physical football team. So um, for him to come away with no ailments, it was a big big success for me.
0: Jamie, what did you, what did you see from J.K.? Um,
1: the the uh, want to highlight uh, one play in particular when um, the uh, Patriots defensive end had, had him like. Dead to rights, probably for about a two-yard loss, and he hit the spin move and was able to turn it into a modest, like about three-yard gain. But just to see that, um, that gives you confidence as a got fan. Something,
0: got something yeah. for nothing, and was able to still had the uh, the spin and acceleration there, and... right, and
1: push push off the knee, and yeah. you know, no, you know, and I, and then adding Dobbins back in and pairing him with Justice Hill. Um, and I've been a big critic of Justice Hill, so to see what he's been, what he was able to do this this weekend, and the couple times he's touched the football, he seems to be more decisive, a little bit more explosive. Um, we know he missed that run against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, where he cut to the outside. But you know, this week Hill, um, to, to his credit, had six carries for sixty yards, and even if you take away his big carry, he still averaged. He take, I think he had like a 34-yard run. You t- take that away, he still averaged five yards carry. So I think just having Dobbins back in kind of sort of sets things up and it makes everybody else look better, and it pushes Davis and Drake to the background where they belong, quite frankly, and hopefully that's a positive sign going forward for the running game when Lamar's not carrying it.
0: So let's talk about the guys uh, blocking for the running backs. Um, Patrick McCarry was lost to injury. That had 4 string uh, Daniel Filet stepping in at left tackle. Thoughts on how the rookie acquitted himself, and obviously the Ravens need Stanley back, uh, Jamie.
1: Well, the uh, uh, early on when he was pressed into duty, it did not look good at first. He, uh, you know, there was the uh, couple of quick sacks and. He just didn't look comfortable, but again, this is a guy that played right tackle in college and I don't know how much he practiced on the left side, um, how much work they did, but coming out in the second half, he looked like a different player. Um, they, they did get him some, they did get him some help from time to time, but there was a couple of plays that I, that I wanted to highlight in particular. Um, there was the third down uh, slant That was a 21 yard gain to Devin Duvernay and, Falalele was one-on-one, and he just stood up the defensive end, held his own, no issues, gave Lamar a clean pocket. Um, and then on uh, Lamar's 38-yard run in the third quarter, uh, Falalele s- sealed that hole off, and Lamar was able to shoot right through and take it for a big gain. Um, and also, he had a good one-on-one block on the Duvernay touchdown. I mean, he it was like in the second half, it was like the light bulb went off, and he he was he was strong at the point of attack. He, you know, there was he's, couple he's a couple boy. And yeah.
0: one, The one thing you mentioned in the uh, game, Fred, Jamie, was the idea of uh, help him out run, you know, with, you know, a few runs, right? And, yeah,
1: uh, get that confidence going because that's a, for an offensive yeah. lineman. You just want to fire off the ball and hit somebody, and then that kind of, you know, and then one thing begets the other. So I think all in all, especially the way it started, I think he, he fared fared pretty well.
0: Uh, Mike, I'll just speak for myself, I, I no problems with how he played, did think there were some positive signs, all, you know, hey, hey, Rook, you're coming off the bench, and now you're playing, and you're starting on the left, you know, you're in the left tackle, no problems at all with him, I'm pretty skeptical of believing that can uh, stand up uh, over an extended period, but I'm, I'm fine, right, you know, with how he performed, you know. Just uh, I don't know anything you saw from him, and uh, again, it, are we going to see Stanley active this week?
2: <laughs> I think Jamie covered it pretty well, and you know it's one thing to come in as a rookie. Like you know, if you're if you're not starting, obviously you know technically you could always be called on, but the more things kind of go, you start to maybe settle in a little, and then not only that, but playing left side as opposed to the right side where he'd been really working and played in college and so against the Patriots team again who are very very well coached so they know just like most coaches hey as soon as a rookie is in or someone goes out we're going to attack that guy whether it's offense or defense so I feel like he held it pretty well and I don't think that it's going to last but one game at a time right. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's the guy, then he's the guy,
0: and you, you adjust your, your scheme and otherwise to try and give him some help. But um, Stanley's been practicing. You had Harbaugh this past week saying, he looks strong, looks good. So are we going to be active and playing or what? So. <laughs> yeah, I
2: don't – honestly, I, I'd say no. At, at this point, there's no reason to have confidence in it, and I, I don't mean to sound – uh, unsympathetic but uh, if you look at the way things go and you know Harbaugh even said and you've alluded to as well where it's kind of in his court and the Bills are going to be a very very tough team with their pass rush third in the league um, so I'm not, I, an, don't, not I don't think... in a
0: position to uh, we're not seeing the medical reports we're not in his body we're, we're armchair quarterbacks so I don't I'm not going to throw around the soft label, but if you are well enough to practice and the doctors are saying there's not a further risk for you, for the, for what you are rehabbing and you are, and you are practicing, I want to see you play. And if you, if you're not well enough to, to do that, then stop practicing. If you don't, if you don't believe you're physically, physically well, that, you know, that's where I'm at. Um,
1: and, and, Chris, and think about it this way, too. Even if he does suit up and play, what are we going to see? <laughs> this, this guy's played, you know, three, three and a half quarters of football in the last, you know, almost two calendar years. Von uh, Miller
0: <laughs> uh, looking at him, right? Right.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, that's a question. We'll see what happens there. Uh, other side of the ball. So this past weekend we saw Patrick Queen – Justin Matabike and Brandon Copeland, the uh, uh, local boy, all had sacks, but Mac Jones worked from a mostly clean pocket. Of course, losing Justin Houston to the groin injury didn't help. So, until and if we get JPP and Bowser and uh, Jabbo all uh, healthy and performing, uh, figures to be an issue. So, let's tie it into this week versus the Bills. Obviously, Allen is going to get his yards. He had 60-plus attempts versus the Dolphins, so if you can't bring pressure, in my opinion, you've got to drop into coverage, make Allen march to field, and hopefully force into a turnover, or two. So, curious if you guys see this similarly. Mike, you can go first here.
2: I think that's probably a good idea. The only thing I would <clears throat> mention is that who are you matching up with Stephon Diggs? How, how are you covering? Um... I think there's way you can get enough pressure with four or enough pressure in terms of maybe getting him off the spot or not necessarily bringing him down to the to the ground, but affecting what he wants to do. And then how do you, you know, I don't think zone is really just a straight-up zone. and really is going to do much because Stephon Diggs will tear that apart and Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis. And, you know, can't forget about Dawson Knotts and even Devin Singletary out of the backfield. I would like to see personally, at least for the first couple of drives, Marlon Humphrey against Stefan Diggs, just wherever he goes, Marlon goes and see what happens. Um, Diggs is one of those guys where he's going to beat you, but you have to be able to um, limit that. And so seven in coverage, I think will work. I think they have enough people and enough coaches to disguise it properly. So um yeah, you—you you, this is a team that where you just gotta kind of limit the damage as opposed to preventing it altogether. I think, Jamie, you talked on the board about um, shifting a mentality
0: uh, of the Ravens fans of what you're expecting from the defense, and I think it kind of ties in here, right? I mean, it's. Alan is going to get his points. You, you need to. It, it, you're trying to limit the damage overall. It's just.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is a, a little bit more of a, a a global perspective than than specific to the question, but it does tie together. The you know we still, as a fan base, we had this mentality that this is a suffocating defense because that's what it has been for so long, and when the Ravens would play high, you know, high flying offenses, it was. Well, man, how are we going to do this? And we're going to shut them down, and this, that, and the other. But that was also a team that would, if the Ravens got to 21 points, it was like, all right, you know, we're we we're, we're cooking now. But this team can score with anybody, as evidence that they're, they're leading the league in points scored. So it's it's going to be on defense about getting opportunities and taking advantage of them. If Patrick Queen has another hit him in the six on an out route on the goal line he's got to catch it um like the play that marcus williams had a couple weeks ago against the dolphins where it would have been his third interception and you know hard to criticize him when he had two interceptions in that game already but in a league where passing offenses can strike so quickly and particularly one like the bills you have to take advantage of those turnover opportunities and now specifically to this with regards to to coverage and whatnot it's a double-edged sword because of the guy like Allen, if you play a little bit off and you don't bring pressure if you bring pressure and miss he's either going to beat you downfield or he's going to escape or you could escape the pressure and, and get out of the pocket and run if you play soft and nobody's open well then he can just get to the second level and he can take on most linebackers at his size and gain some yardage. So he's just a really difficult guy to defend. Um, Jamie, do you want
0: a – with him being the primary rushing threat, really, for the Bills, do you want to uh, spy him and have somebody kind of – I I mean,
1: I don't know that I'd do it for all 65 snaps, but I think that the Ravens would be wise to employ a lot of dime – um, and I think Kyle Hamilton would be a good guy to have as a spy. Um, he uh, gives up a little bit in weight, but he's pretty similar size, and he's got the speed to be able to run Allen down. I think that could be something they could employ because you are going to have to play a lot of coverage. Uh, I was going to mention this a little bit later when we get to the, the uh, specific points for this game, but I think you got to give Stefan Diggs the Tyreek Hill treatment from last year where they need to double him all over the field. Just do whatever you can to to limit him as much as possible. Make the other guys beat you. And in that, I think they're going to have to play an extra defensive back a lot. And I think Hamilton would be a good guy to employ as a spy because none of our linebackers are going to be able to run with Allen. And quite frankly, he's probably bigger than both of our linebackers. So, Uh, yeah.
0: Mike, you can kind of tie this in, but schematically, I know the Ravens are adjustable, but do you think like kind of a if there is any such thing as a base defense at this point, like a three-two-six kind of makes sense for the Ravens based <clears throat> on the personnel that they have? Kind of, uh, I mean, what seems like the secondary yeah. is probably the strongest unit. Hamilton's kind of that Swiss Army knife, at least. Uh, so get them all on the field.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 know what you're you're asking, getting at. I think. I would probably go three, three, five because 5 you because know, they could always – here's the thing. You could always check out. So if you give a look that looks like it's going to combat the pass and they have a pass called, they could check to a run. And if you're in a really light box, you could be in trouble. Um, I know Dawson Knox, again, he's not like a world beater, but he's very good. And he can function like a Nick Boyle in terms of being that H-back lead blocker across the formation out in space. Um, So I would, you know, in in terms of personnel, um, they're gonna make it look like all kinds of different things where it could be like a a five two in terms of how they line up, but they're actually probably five or six DBs on the field. Um, So that's gonna be on Allen to decipher. I think three, three, five is a good place to start. And then you kind of go from there. Now, again, you have to think of, well, how many linebackers do we have healthy and do we just want to put out our healthy guys? It might not be the best matchup. So, um, yeah. I believe they made a signing
0: today. I I, I missed Mm -hmm. the, uh, the name there, but it looks like they added a, an outside linebacker, outside linebacker, Uh, uh, before we move on, did you guys see any updates with, uh, Justin Houston and Michael Pierce
1: with nothing yet. And I'm sure we'll get that first injury report tomorrow with, with practice and everything. Um, I, at least the, the, the last that I heard was, you know, Houston, he he might be down, he might end up being down a week because with a groin injury, it's always tough and there's always the potential to re aggravate it and make it worse. Um, But I, I guess we'll find out a little bit more about that tomorrow, but, One way or the other, even if he can go, I would imagine he'd be extremely limited. So that's really going to impact what kind of uh, personnel packages they're going to have, because that's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, Copeland and Oway. So
0: let's talk a little special teams. Uh, Are you concerned with the punting from the
2: uh, rookie Stout there, Mike? Not yet. I was looking at his averages right around mid-40, I think 44 for this last game against the Patriots. So um, as long as he doesn't routinely shank, like I think he might have had one shank in this last game, but it doesn't routinely put the Ravens in a, in a disadvantageous position, um, I think they'll be fine. And again, he's a rookie, so uh, I, I have no problems with him right now. And like Jamie alluded to, if he does get get a bad punt off, it goes thirty yards or something. The Ravens' is the number one offense in the league right now, so they can kind of overcome that. It's just the pro- it becomes a problem when it becomes a pattern. So as of right now, not concerned.
0: Jamie, I'll move on in a second. Just a stick on special teams. I had said I didn't really love Duvernay if he's going to be the second receiver, being in the uh, maintaining in the return game, but he is a. Quite the weapon back there, so just have to uh, live with the additional chances or, or touches that he gets because he is a guy who can flip the field and that is extremely valuable. It's been fun watching him just touch the ball. I know you're a huge fan.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been unabashed in my my uh, fandom for Devin Duvernay, and he's he's electric when when he he touches the football. I I always I say it every time. Good things happen when thirteen touches the football, and he finds a way to impact the game. And now that he's getting more snaps on offense, he's he's impacting it, you know, in the, as a wide receiver and not just as a kick returner. And he catches the ball, <laughs> which you know, that's a
0: fantastic grab uh, for a touchdown. Though. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: He he's he just seems to get anything that you know contested catches, and then as a special teams player, because we know that the Ravens have had issues throughout the years. You know, lest we forget uh, the great BJ Sams who would flash at moments and then he just couldn't catch a, a kick right to him or Lamont Brightful, you know, going in the way back machine there. And it's it's nice to not worry about a guy cleanly fielding a punt because that's a thing that can flip flip a game around if you, you know, put a put a punt on the carpet and turn it Jamie, over. Jamie,
0: let's talk about two other young players. Uh, Bateman was largely quiet on Sunday two Catches late, one he had some decent uh, yak there. Always yet to record sack so far this year. What do you want to see from these two this week?
1: Um, well, with, with Bateman, I think it's just it's target share. I mean, he he only got four targets. Um, the one, the deep ball that hit off his hands, like uh, at first I was like, oh, you gotta have that. But then when you look at it, like maybe it was just a just a hair long. Um, you know the the play that was rolled that was rolled the catch and the fumble. You know I'm still not sure that that was actually a catch by the NFL's convoluted definition of a catch. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about Bateman. I, I I guess the the one caveat to that is is his general lack of targets. Like this week, for example, where he only had four targets. Or last week, where he only had four targets. Is it a product of just the play call, the game plan? or Lamar's propensity to look for Andrews first or is Bateman having some issues getting separation I don't think the latter is the case because we've seen some superb route running from him already and creating space and we know that's something that he excelled at in college and one of the reasons why the Ravens took him with with uh, a first round pick so I don't think he's having any issues getting open I think it's just a matter of kind of this offense evolving and I think you'll see him get get more balls coming his way and that's when you'll see his numbers creep up and have him have more impact on the game um jump into oway like it, it it's it seems like he's throwing everything at at tackles he, he'd spin move he's trying to bull rush he's trying to go underneath and he's just not having a lot of success he did get held a, a, a few times this weekend when I went back and watched it, but he doesn't really have that reputation yet that he's going to draw a lot of flags. So that hurts him in that regard, just like a veteran hitter, you know, getting a, you know, getting better ball strike calls versus a, a rookie. Um, but he's, he's gotta be able to beat tight ends. There was a couple times on a running play where he, he got stonewalled by a tight end. Um, We know he has the physical ability, so maybe with him it's really just, it's still learning and he needs some help on the other side. And I think maybe that will help as we have people back and, you know, they might have to double somebody else and that opens things up for him and then he gets a little confidence, et cetera, et cetera. But his motor's high, he pursues the ball, you know, he's just not getting home yet. So let's just hope it's not a, you know, a long-term issue.
0: Mike, add on to uh, Jamie's thoughts. What do you want to see from these uh, two this week?
1: <clears throat> so,
2: uh, for OA, I'll start with. I think he's been given an incredible effort, and you know, we there was a quote out a couple weeks ago. I think where Justin Houston said, "I'll play every snap I can. Whatever you need, I'll do." They were talking about the shortage at outside linebacker now. He's down potentially for this game and I have seen a lot last couple of weeks of Owe just grinding and just doing everything he candid you know we always say that sacks aren't always or quarter pressuring the quarterback main goal of that isn't always about sacks but we would like to get see him get home more um so that's that's I mean I just feel like that'll come in time I'm not worried about him I think he's he's too good and there's too much of a, a void on the other side of the ball for him to really succeed yet. Uh, as far as Bateman goes, I think that, you know, he had, he's not going to have a really good game every week and he just needs, he needs targets. Like Jamie said, um, I think I noticed a lot of quicker past concepts this week. So I don't know if that's something that maybe Bateman isn't, the primary on the progression of what they called and um, what they called was working. So maybe they kept with that. I don't know. Um, it's not a. It's definitely not a matter of his health. It's not a matter of his ability. It's just. I think it was just a, a game plan specific thing. Now, I even wrote in my preview of the game, keep feeding Bateman. They didn't do it, and they still won. So, you know, take that for what it's Our colleague
0: uh, Mike Randall, he and I had an article before. Uh, game three, where he looked at the uh, scheme overall. Uh, I believe in his article he had said in the first two games that Bateman was only on the field for 66% of the offensive uh, plays, which seems a little low to me. Um, and Mike was arguing about the advantage of having him on the field as and what that does for... Uh, opposing defenses overall having to account for him mm. as far as what i would like to see from uh bateman you know uh definitely we've seen he has the ability to uh uh get down the field a little bit and, and get some yak but what i really want to see is the bolden mason move the chain be kind of the, the dependable out uh uh receiver it's another body where every throw Cannot be dependent in this offense that Andrew is going, you know, when they need a play, it cannot be Andrews every single time. Right. They need another reliable, I'm going to get multiple first downs a game. <laughs> guy. Well,
1: well, remember that's how they deployed Bateman when he got healthy last year. He was the guy that was moving the chains. You know, he, he, he was kept, he was, you know, third and medium. He was the guy, you know, and he has an ability to do that because he, he can catch. He can make catches in traffic. He can make contested catches. So I, it's a matter, I think, of those concepts being there. And to, and what you said, Chris, I think that ties back to what I was saying. Like Andrews is, you know, that's Lamar's guy, and he just, you know, his eyes seem to go there always. And it
0: largely largely works. It just, uh, you know, you want to yeah. have another another option there. Yeah. All right. So we we've uh, alluded to it in a few of our uh, previous. Comments and discussions here so far, but let's get to this week. Ravens and Bills. Bills uh, coming off of their loss. First, the Dolphins uh, uh, in Miami, 21-19, I believe was the final. Uh, uh, They also beat the Rams in the opener, and then they uh, destroyed Tennessee. Pretty much everybody still has the Bills in the top three, whatever power rankings you're looking at. Uh, early on, a lot of discussion about them being the class, if not the AFC, uh, football overall. Certainly a matchup that we could see again in the playoffs. Uh, so we're talking home field advantage, but, uh, potentially uh, 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 having a head-to-head game here. So, Mike, let's uh, preview the Ravens offense versus the Buffalo defense, a unit that is missing multiple starters.
2: Yes, so I was just reading up on their injuries, in, on the defense side of the ball, and Sean McDermott said, except for Cher White and Micah Hyde, who are two Pro Bowl caliber players, uh, everyone else is day to day. So, similar to the Ronnie Stanley situation, we'll just have to wait and see. Those two guys being out is going to be big because they are game changers. Uh, I think the Ravens will be well served to just continually on J.K. Dobbins a little bit more, get it. Isaiah likely handful of targets, maybe on the third downs. So you talked about that Mason Bolden role. roll. Isaiah likely can do that. If that's all he has to do in this game, have him max out his effort for those snaps and then you're good. Uh, they're going to need that all hands on deck. Uh, the Bills ring third in the league in sacks and you know, even if Stanley's healthy or McCary can come back or you can throw any offensive line out there you want. The Bills are very good at what they do in terms of rushing the passer, even if everybody across them is healthy. So that's going to be a big, big task on Lamar Tyler Winterbaum, to identify pressures, set protections, and so forth. So, I think the Ravens can do it. I have faith that they can score, um, but they're going to need to avoid the disaster. They're need going to need to avoid to um, that. Oh, I got to try too hard. I got, I got a bad play just now. It's third and twelve. I got. Oh, I got to make up for it. They have to just play their game, not try too hard. Because if they do that, they turn the ball over. And it can go downhill real quick. And uh, we've seen the Bills uh, do that. So um, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. It's one I think the Ravens can win. I just about 55 45 against right now.
0: Jamie flipped the other side. Ravens defense versus the Bills offense.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it. Uh, you know, the they're third in the league in points scored, uh, second in. Uh, Total yards, first and pass yards. I mean, they just, you know, they, they're 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 an offensive juggernaut at this point. Um, you know, Allen's off to a great start, of course. He, he's also their leading rusher. Um, uh, we know Stephon Diggs is the the straw that serves the drink there. I mean, he's got 35 targets and and 27 catches. Um, and then uh, Gabriel's averaging just about 18 yards a catch, so they got some big playability there. Um, I mentioned it earlier, and I think a, a strategy there, they should absolutely have. I like the idea of having Humphrey shadow Diggs because he can be physical with him, and then I think we should keep safety over the top. Or or even if they want to bracket underneath with a linebacker and let Humphrey w- run with them. just whatever you can to keep two guys on Stefan Diggs and make Josh Allen go somewhere else because whereas – They'll get, you know, and, and Mike mentioned Dawson Knox a couple of times. He's reliable but unspectacular. But, of course, if he's left alone, he, he can make plays. And we know the Ravens can struggle at times with uh, covering tight ends. Um, but uh, with that said, I think you should do everything you can to, to try to limit digs. And an interesting thing about Allen, this is kind of a, a deep stat, when he has more than two and a half seconds in the pocket – he only completes 58% of his passes versus when he throws the ball in under two and a half seconds, he completes 77% of his passes. So it may behoove the Ravens to employ, maybe some delay blitzes to kind of just, you know, create some timing issues. And also you want to be disciplined when you do rush, because you want to try to limit Allen's ability to beat you with his legs. But, Regardless, if this is going to be a nice fall day, I think this would be a shootout. But we've got the weather factor. Um, as, as we all know, It looks if anybody's looked at the forecast, it looks like this hurricane could be in Baltimore and raining heavily on Sunday. So that really could change the dynamic of this game entirely and make everything that Mike and I just said kind of not matter. But <laughs> we'll see.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll see about the weather. Uh does feel to me that if the Ravens are going to win that it's going to need to be a shootout but maybe the weather will uh, change that. Uh we'll see. Your guys' uh, predictions, who
1: wins? Uh, uh well, whoever wins the turnover battle will win the game. Um with that said, I think that um I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 31-28 Bills. Uh, but I'm like Mike. I'm about 55 45. I think that's a good percentage. I, it's not like I, I see this as some game that's completely unwinnable. Um, but it, it's hard. It's hard to, to even though Miami was able to keep them with 19 points last week, the Bills ran 90 offensive plays. So they beat themselves in a lot of ways. It's hard to run 90 offensive plays and only score 19 points. So at this point, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the take the Ravens with the points, but the Bills for the
2: victory. So, I think uh, the Bills win twenty-seven twenty-four. If you're into uh, betting, you take the points because they're getting three and a half. The Ravens are, so I think that'll be a good bet, especially at home. Um, I just don't. See, I, I look at the I look at last week, and the Bills, they lost, but they lost against a very good Miami team, a Miami team who's just kind of playing out of their mind right now. Um, and the Bills really had a chance to win. The Ravens won against, you know, double-digit win, but it was against a team, honestly, they probably shouldn't have struggled that much, I don't think. So uh, I think the Bills, uh, when it all comes down to it, if uh, – if they have to, they can play really good defense. It, we've seen them do that. The Ravens can play really good defense, but so far it's been too inconsistent for me. So the stability of Buffalo's defense is kind of that tiebreaker for me right now. Um, I like, of course, I want the Ravens to win, but my prediction 27 24 Buffalo. Mike says the line's up to three
0: and a half. Uh, so oh, we've seen that. Uh, the over under I saw was 53 and a half. ESPN's matchup predictor giving the Ravens a 54.2% chance of winning. Interesting. Um, You don't typically see the uh, predictor tilted to one side with the line to the other. So interesting Mm -hmm. there. Um, uh, You know, uh, weather may change things. Availability might change things as well. Uh, You know, the Bills, I think they were without... There were about four to six defensive starters against Miami. We'll see who's available uh, for them here. Same thing with the Ravens. If Houston isn't able to go, we'll see if JPP's up to speed, but you're not going to have much of a pass rush. Um, you know, you're know you going to be dropping in coverage. Allen's going to march the field. Can you tighten up in the red zone? Can you pop a couple of turnovers? Uh, I uh, I think the Bills should be favored uh, based off of who they have available and where the Ravens are right now. But uh, same as Mike and Jamie, it's a game the Ravens can win. Jackson's playing out of his mind. Maybe he carries that, uh, that one more time. Uh, so uh, I, I'll make it a trifecta for us. I think we'll all pick the Bills this week, and we'll uh, uh, all be happy to be wrong uh, uh, Sunday if it goes the other way. Join us at the site, BaltimoreSportsandLife.com. Check out the most recent articles from these two. Uh, Mike has a couple of articles that will go up uh, tomorrow morning when I get to it. And uh, you'll see this as well. Uh, Jamie and have an article uh, later this week. At
1: Friday, I think.
0: Friday. There we yeah. go. So check out them. Follow them on Twitter. Where can they find you on Twitter, Jamie? Uh, uh,
1: at primetime667083. Yeah, it's uh all
0: right. There you go, sixty six, seventy, eighty three. Yeah, uh, I just finally put together what the sixty six, seventy, eighty three was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, Mike. Uh, and where can they find you on Twitter? At Mike Fast NFL. There you go. So good stuff. Come join us at the board, Ravens and NFL. Join the discussions there. We want to see you. Uh, take care. We'll be back next week.